0: What is going on, everyone? Welcome into a new episode of The Hangout in the Holy Land, the flagship show for LandGrant Holy Land's network of podcasts. It is officially Big Ten title week, so we got a ton of great stuff coming your guys' way. Make sure to visit LandGrantHolyLand.com, follow LandGrant33 on Twitter, and keep up with all of our podcasts here on Apple like subscribe rate review all of our stuff that's how we get it out there to people and that lets us know what you guys think of the show and be sure to follow along on spotify my name is colton denning and i am your host it's december 3rd 2019 you guys are probably listening to this on the 4th on wednesday but whenever you're listening to it welcome into today's show we are back uh, talking Ohio State, and we're going to preview the Wisconsin game, Big Ten title game today with another special guest. And it's somebody we've had on the show not only once before, but earlier this season. And that would be Tyler Hunt, uh, one of the contributors over at Bucky's Fifth Quarter, our sister site for Wisconsin at SB Nation. He also hosts, co hosts the Bucky's. Fifth podcast. We just recorded a podcast for them, so I'm super oiled up, fired up, ready to go. Tyler, what's what's
1: going on, man? It's going good, man. I'm happy to come back on, and you know, I always love talking Wisconsin and obviously talking a Big Ten championship game. And as you mentioned, we already did our, our podcast for Bucky's fifth podcast, and I think it went pretty well. Uh, so I, the, you know, the voice is ready to go and uh, ready to talk some Big Ten championship football.
0: Yeah, let's do it. So the last time that we talked was before that game on October 26th and Wisconsin, after that game, two straight losses and it kind of looked like they were at a point where, uh, not that it was kind of like unknown what they were gonna do, but you had Minnesota who at that point was firmly in the driver's seat for the Big 10 West. And over the course of the last four weeks, Wisconsin beat Iowa 24 to 22, beat Nebraska on the road, uh, beat Purdue and then went into Minnesota last week and really just dominated that game in the snow. How what I guess uh, the best way for me to put this is just how have they looked for the last four weeks? and what have you noticed the most about Wisconsin in these last four games?
1: Yeah, and I mean I think I think the last four games for Wisconsin kind of just gives you an insight into the program as a whole where Wisconsin, you know they're not going. They're probably not going to go undefeated and, and win every game like we saw a couple years ago in the regular season. But they're never just going to lie down and, and roll over and, and punt on a football season. I think, you know, two games behind Minnesota, in that little stretch, and you, you knew you needed some help. This team could easily pack in and said, you know what, this isn't our year. It's Minnesota's year. We got upset by Illinois we went on the road and got embarrassed against Ohio State. You know, maybe it's just not in the cards this year, but they didn't and obviously kudos to Iowa, you know, for giving this team a little bit of help, but they never backed down and I think that really speaks to the senior class. I mean, you think about guys like Chris Orr, Zach Bond, they've they've really embraced the culture of Wisconsin football and and they've won a lot of games as you know, as an outgoing senior class and I think that really motivated them to you know what we we got a shot. Let's take our shot and see what happens. And obviously, they, they got to the point they wanted to because, you know, that Ohio State game, the following week they had a bye. I think it gave them some time to reset and refocus and say, okay, You know, if Minnesota stumbles, obviously we got our shot, and then of course let's not miss it. You know, when you get your shot against your big rival, and I really think they played one of their best football games on the road at Minnesota last week. So I think it's just a testament to how strong and and how focused this program can be, and uh, obviously it ended up working out for them in the end. I remember coming into that game, you and I
0: kind of talked about the Wisconsin running game and how there were signs that things not were awry, but It was just something here or there where you looked at the Northwestern game where they had rushed 36 times for 130 yards, and then the week before against Illinois, 43 attempts for 156 yards. Jonathan Taylor had a couple of mistakes, and then they really sputtered against Ohio State since then against Iowa 46 attempts 300 yards Nebraska 45 for 320 Purdue 55 for 403 and then in the snow last week Minnesota 35 for 173 how have they been able to turn around the run game and, and how much has that contributed to them getting back on track for lack of a better word
1: yeah and you know i think i think it's a few things obviously the offensive line has really kind of started to gel and and finally you know feel comfortable next to one another obviously this was a new group coming in there with some new faces on the offensive line those guys finally are starting to gel and i think you've seen that over the last four weeks but really i think what's opened up and helped the run game is the fact that the offensive coordinators and the coaches have not have decided you know what obviously jonathan taylor's our star everyone knows that and Defenses are going to key on that. So in order to help Jonathan and help this run game out, we need to get more dynamic and and open some things back up. I mean, last season you saw what happened when Jonathan Taylor was the only guy getting the football and the offense was a little stale. They didn't have any new wrinkles in it like you've seen from old Wisconsin teams. And teams just sold out on JT and shut him down. And he still had some good games and, and had a successful season. But overall, the team didn't win the way they have in the past. This year, in these last four games, they've decided, you know what, we've got to get the ball to some other playmakers. I think the, the receiving core Wisconsin has this year is really the best receiving core they've had in quite a long time with Quintess Cephas and Danny Davis uh, and A.J. Taylor and those guys. So they just decided, you know what, we have to find a way to get more balance on offense, get the ball to some other playmakers, and that obviously starts with Jack Cohn. He's been pretty efficient and able to do that. But it also, you know, comes from the jet sweep and, and the motion runs and they've put in some wildcat stuff. Just different ways, you know. You know Wisconsin's gonna run the football, but finding new ways to run the football and work in other stuff off of that and maybe use Jonathan Taylor as somewhat of a decoy, I think has opened up the offense as a whole and of course helped the running game when they've gone back to JT because eventually they're gonna use him and, and when they do, he's been they've been busting off some pretty big runs.
0: When it comes to this game in going back and watching the one from earlier this year, it was 10-7 in the third quarter, and then the game just kind of got away from Wisconsin. How does this game not become the same game that that was?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to really playing 60 solid minutes. We talked about a little bit on the podcast that we did earlier that you know no team that's taken on Ohio State outside of Penn State and Michigan has put together a collective chunk of quality football minutes against Ohio State. And even if you do, you know, might not come out on top. So I think for Wisconsin, obviously, you can't make mistakes. You can't turn the football over. Obviously, that's that's key in any football game, but more so when you're taking on an explosive offense on the other side and a dominating defense like we've seen from Ohio State. So really playing clean um, on the other side of the football. On you know, obviously with Jack Cohen and the fumbles cannot happen. Like, the last four weeks, up until that Minnesota game, turnovers had been biting the Badgers pretty badly. Uh, so getting rid of that is going to be key, and just really making and making the plays that you have to make and playing mistake-free football. I know it sounds cliche, and I know a lot of people say, you know, mistake-free football, you got to play a perfect game, but it's really true when you're taking on one of the top teams in the nation. So I know it's going to take a lot. I know it's going to take you know a lot of plays and a lot of focus, but this team really just has to play clean to give themselves a chance and keep this game close. And and hopefully they're able to do that and not, you know, have a thirty-eight-seven blowout, you know, on this huge stage,
0: and a lot of that, I think, is in the passing game because we know Ohio State is is going to sell out against the run and force Jack Cohn to beat them, and that was something that we we talked about in the first matchup. Is you know what I think I asked you how many pass attempts are you comfortable with for Jack Cohn, and it's not like he played a bad game against Ohio State. He was ten of seventeen for hundred eight yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. He wasn't really given a lot of chances to do much and push the ball down the field what's he looked like the last four weeks and and what have you seen from him improvement wise that has you going into this game like okay if if Jack Cohn needs to do something w- we know that hey we can at least count on him to be able to air it out and and keep this from being one-dimensional
1: yeah I mean really all season you know Jack has been incredibly efficient I would say he's he's in top five in the nation in completion percentage and, and passing efficiency so when he's been given the chances he's he's made the plays for the most part I know People will always go back to the turnovers. Uh, everyone thinks back to the Illinois game when he threw that costly interception. But outside of that, he's been pretty good. I mean, you look at passing yards per attempt, you know, and his passing efficiency, it's been one of the better seasons for Wisconsin quarterback. Now, I don't know if that is more telling of the quarterbacks that Wisconsin has got <laughs> in the past, or just that maybe Jack Cohen is having a little bit better season than what Wisconsin fans, you know, want to give him credit for. Now, granted, that's probably more so that they know Wisconsin landed finally a good quarterback recruit and Graham Mertz behind him and they're ready to see that and they're eager and I get it but Jack Cohn has been pretty efficient when he's gotten his chances and I think the coaches have realized that that hey you know Jack Cohn doesn't have to be a game manager we can open this up a little bit more and give him some shots and I think that's going to be important on Saturday simply because What do you have to lose in this football game? You're taking on a team that, even if you upset them, is probably going to the college football playoff. You're not going to the playoff at best. You can maybe get to a Rose Bowl appearance. So let's throw the kitchen sink out there and see what happens. If you get blown out, you know, it it happens. You're still going to a New Year's Bowl, and you've gotten blown out by this team already once before. So I think for for Jack, his improvement has been – across the board and just getting his confidence. But also I think the coaches have started to realize and be more confident in him and it's going to take a good effort for him again on Saturday.
0: Uh, this has nothing to do with the game, but now that you mentioned it, what would it mean for Wisconsin fans, even, even if they lose this game for this season where it looked like at the start of it, you know, the defense was playing at such a historic level and then you lose those two games. Maybe you finish with the loss in the big 10 championship, but to end the season, in a Rose Bowl what would that mean for Wisconsin fans
1: oh I think it would be huge I mean obviously it's been a while you know Wisconsin went to those three straight and lost all three of them but it was a pretty special time for Wisconsin football to get to those and I think just the fact that Jonathan Taylor this is probably his last two football games in a Badger uniform to end his career out in Pasadena would, would be pretty special. And now I don't know if it's confirmed or not. He hasn't stated that he's for sure leaving. But you'd have to imagine you know, him running a, in that final game against Purdue and high-fiving all the fans on the sideline and getting to chop down the goalpost at the Axe, which is usually a senior thing, probably inclinates you that he's probably you know going to the next level. And I don't blame him. I don't really know why he would stick around. Uh, but I think it'd be really special to send him out and get him to a quality bowl game like that to end his season and his career. And then just to, you know, for the senior class as a whole, along with that, you know, Chris Orr, Zach Bond, guys that have given a lot to this program and won a lot of football games, I think it'd be pretty special to end that, you know, in their season in Pasadena. So I think that's what everybody's hoping for. And obviously if not, you know, I know Penn State still has a chance, even if the Badgers get beat to get to that bowl, but, if not, they'll go to a you know a citrus bowl and play a quality team, but it would be pretty special to end it in Pasadena for sure.
0: I know we talked about it on your podcast, but for our audience, um, it, it's a safe assumption that Chase Young will be doubled in this game, correct?
1: Oh yeah, I think you. I think just the embarrassment and, and that he caused the Wisconsin offense last time. He's got to be. I mean, Jake Ferguson, our tight end, who's a pass catching tight end trying to block Chase Young one on one was was pretty tough to watch so i think at least from you know an offensive line perspective and a tight end perspective they're going to keep guys focused on him because you, you can't let Chase Young beat you just knowing how dominating he is. So I would fully expect that on Saturday. Moving from Ohio
0: State's defense to the Wisconsin defense, what can they learn from the first
1: game against Ohio State? And how much do you think their strategy switches up? You know, I don't know if it switches too much, at least from the front seven perspective. Obviously, the key for Wisconsin in that game was to get pressure Uh, Yeah, on Justin Fields. And they got to him a couple times. I think they're going to have to keep doing that. And, you know, we saw it against Minnesota last week how, how big of a difference some defensive line push and, of course, linebackers getting to the quarterback Makes. I mean, obviously, Jim Leonard, who, you know, if you're not familiar with his scheme, he's blitz heavy. He wants to bring a bunch of different guys. He played at the the NFL where you have to disguise coverages and disguise blitzes and bring a lot of pressure. He's going to want to do that. uh, And I don't expect that to change in this game. Now, I know uh, just given Justin Fields' health with his knee, that they may key more on J.K. Dobbins and just say, you know what, on those reads, we're going to go for Dobbins and make Fields beat us. But at the same time, if he pulls that and sits in the corner, you know, it sits in the pocket and makes throws, the corners are going to be tested more so than they've been, you know, even last week. I know Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson are probably the bigger names stats wise, but Chris Olave and some other of those receivers on the Ohio State are just as talented as those guys. They just might not be as well known, you know, to outsiders in the Wisconsin program. So the Badgers are going to be tested in the secondary with that regard, but I I fully expect them to to dial up blitzes and get pressure and and, and know that they're going to have to hit some of those plays and those sacks to have a chance of slowing down this uh, you know Ohio State attack that, that's been pretty lethal all season.
0: Yeah, and going back and just re-watching the first game, I totally did not remember how much pressure that they, design pressure that they brought against Justin Fields. And, and when you see the success they had in that first game and you add in the fact that, Fields' knee injury is very public news. You know, you're you're going to want to attack that. So I, I think that Wisconsin, you're going to see them bring a ton of pressure. In. And and we, we talked about it on your guys' podcast too. Like, is Wisconsin going to key on stopping the run and just say, okay, Fields beat us over the top? And at the same time, on those passing downs, just totally sell out to get after Fields, which they did the first time, and you would assume he's a little more gimpy this time. So I think those one-on-one matchups with Ohio State's receivers and Wisconsin's corners may be the matchup that decides this game.
1: Yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, Jim Leonard, he loves to bring pressure. That's what he's about. I know people have gotten frustrated with the secondary – Uh, These past few weeks, obviously, Purdue threw a lot, you know, threw for a lot of yards, I should say, against them. Nebraska hit on some big pass plays, but that's really because the defense is bringing a lot of pressure, and you're leaving your corners out in one-on-one matchups, and it's a secondary group that's, you know, not relatively been tested this season. Obviously, they played pretty well against Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman last week, but... They've given up some big plays, but when you blitz and you bring a lot of pressure, you're gonna give up big plays in the secondary. So it's a battle of give and take. And I think it's gonna be fascinating to watch how Jim Leonard dials up his defense and whether he puts the pedal to the metal in terms of pressure, or if he decides, you know what, I'm gonna to have to fall back at times and pick my spots in this game.
0: All right, if you had to to give a guess here, what's what's the what's the wild card for you? What what is one thing Wisconsin can do? that maybe they didn't do in the first game, maybe they've improved on since the last time these two teams played. Where can Wisconsin kind of throw a curveball at Ohio State?
1: You know, I think think we saw last week what Wisconsin's going to do, at least on the offensive side of the football, is that they're going to know that that Jonathan Taylor's going to be keyed on. He's going to be the focus of defenses, and they're going to, A, work off of Jonathan Taylor and, and basically use him I hate to say decoy because he's still involved in the play and he still makes plays. You know, they threw some screens to him and they they threw some balls to him out of the backfield. But really, I think just going to other players and opening up the playbook is something that we really saw last week against Minnesota. And I think they're going to have to do that because I know Jack Cohen didn't really have a, a bad game. Last week or last time against Ohio State, but he didn't really get a lot of chances and opportunities to open things up and make plays on his own. They, they kind of put him in more of a game manager role in that one, and it didn't work out this time. Like I said earlier, you've got nothing to lose. So take your chances, open up the playbook and allow Jack Cohn to to find Jake Ferguson and to find Quintez Cephas and and maybe take some shots with him. I think that's going to be the biggest difference from last time to this time.
0: All right, and then finally,
1: what is your prediction for Saturday? You know, I'd be <laughs> I'd be crazy to pick an upset, uh, but I do think this will be more so like the Big Ten championship game a couple of years ago, where it was tight into the you know third and fourth quarter. Obviously, Wisconsin has played some of these games against Ohio State tight and just hasn't found a way to win and. While I'm optimistic that maybe they can find a way this season, I I don't fully predict that. So I think Ohio State is going to come out on top just given the, how talented and how deep they are. But I think it's going to be a little bit closer than the first time. And I think it's going to be one of those games that, you know, it's going to be tight into the third and fourth quarter. And, and maybe, you know, each team needs to make it make a couple of plays down the stretch, but I don't think we're going to see a 59 to nothing drubbing. And I, since I'm making the five hour drive down to Indianapolis, I'm praying that that's not the case for your, for your sake too.
0: I'm, I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. And it, and yep. listeners, if you want to check out what I think about this game and my in-depth thoughts, because I think along the same way that this isn't going to be a complete drubbing, go on and listen to Bucky's fifth podcast. Tyler and I recorded an episode for them, so so check that out uh, this week and you can hear kind of the Ohio State perspective of it and, and get to know what I think about this game, but yeah, I think it's going to be a lot closer than the first one, and it's going to be pr- kind of more well played or less sloppy than that game was on both sides. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, we get at least a good game for a half. That's what that's what I'm <laughs> hoping for. If it's not, that's fine with me. But I, I think that I speak for a lot of Ohio State fans when I say like I never go into a game where Ohio State is playing Wisconsin and think like, oh, they're going to beat the brakes off these dudes. There's a lot of schools where you can feel that way, but Wisconsin is so sound and they're so good. And I I think that luckily for this coaching staff, they know how good Wisconsin is because they've already played them and, you know, they've been involved in battles against them. So if there's one opponent that I think that this program will never underestimate, it's Wisconsin.
1: Oh yeah. I I hear what you're saying. Absolutely. And I think both teams know that they've got a dogfight on their hands. and, And I think that speaks to the quality of these two football programs. I know Ohio State is has by far been the most successful team in the Big Ten in terms of wins over the last decade. But Little old Wisconsin has has been too in that regard and, and they've had, you know, kind of been in that shadow. So I think it just speaks to the quality of the coaching on both sides. And I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly interested to see how this game shakes out. And I'm I'm hoping the Badgers can keep it close and, and see what happens.
0: And hey, you know what? You guys have put a hurting on Michigan uh, <laughs> recently so we are very good with everything going on with the Wisconsin football program. But, guys, if you want to keep up with everything happening with Wisconsin, make sure to visit buckys Fifth Listen to the BuckFifth 5th podcast, which I am on. You can catch that out this week, us talking about the Big Ten title game from the Ohio State perspective. You can also follow them on Twitter at B5Q and follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler L. Hunt. That wraps up today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to, if you're not subscribed to the show, I don't know why you'd be listening if you're not subscribed, but please do and tell a friend, leave a review, leave a comment, leave us some feedback. You can also do that by sending us a tweet at HolyLandPod. I am at DubsCo. That's where you can reach me. I'll be back. After the game on Sunday with another episode, we'll have the reaction show. Make sure to send those tweets over to Holy Land Pod, and we will talk about them on the recap show. But that's the next time I'll be coming to you guys, so keep an eye out for that. But until then, I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank Tyler for joining the show. It was wonderful talking Wisconsin football. And I'll talk to you guys on Sunday right here on the Hangout in the Holy Land. And go Bucks!